I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed, and this man here is Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. Hello, David. Uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Did you have a good, fun time uh, partying it up? No, I, as regular viewers or listeners, whatever whatever you want to call yourselves, beings, human beings, as regular human beings will know, I... Spent the whole of Christmas playing uh, Father Christmas in a play That's right. which was called Secret Santa at, on in a, the Arts Theatre West End. Finally we can know what Finally, it is. Finally, it's finished now. Um, I did, uh, I, I, in front of an average of 20 people a day in a 350-seater because it wasn't publicised. Did they move them all down the front no, or did they sit the, anywhere they liked? Half the time they didn't sit, move them down the front. Most of them were Japanese. The Arts Theatre... The worst theatre in the West End. Um, they were, <laughs> they, they didn't were really rude to us. Put no advertising up for the show. Um, someone broke into our dressing room. Oh god! Stole one of the the girl who was in the show. Three of us. Uh, her phone. They denied. They said that we're making up until they checked the CCT footage. CCT footage. I found out there was a bloke walking around the theatre, and they said it wasn't their fault. Then they said there was a code on the door and they're all different and all just wrestling rooms so they couldn't be broken into. Turns out they're all exactly the same. So but it's probably an actor. Then they said it, that no one could have got into the room but the lock was the gap between the door was so big that we showed it. Basically you just put one knife in there yeah, and it yeah. takes 0.5 seconds to open the door <laughs> and then they said oh, why would the thief have a knife or something like that with him? Why would a thief have tools? Why would a thief have so tools? So we had to go to our producer. The book who's producing the show has yet to pay us and has basically lied about having a stroke to try and avoid <laughs> paying anyone. So I basically spent a month doing a show wow. which I haven't been paid for. I haven't had any Christmas and I've been... Did you not have any Christmas at all? Christmas Day off I had. Right. Did you get to spend that with some people? Or yeah. Were... Okay, good. I spent it with my girlfriend and her family. But I spent all of Christmas doing a show in front of Japanese people so I could buy a new computer and I haven't yet been paid for the show. Happy Christmas. Happy I'm Christmas. the biggest arsehole in the world. Oh, well, I don't know about that, Mary. I just had to get out of my system. I know that was a No, fair much. enough. Was was New Year any better? Well, I stayed in. You well, stayed in. I haven't been paid. No, of course. <laughs> I mean, but also, London, uh, when 
people are partying, uh, for instance, Saturday nights uh, on a regular basis is intolerable, I think. I think it's an awful place to be. Everyone I know stayed in this year yeah, because yeah, they realised, yeah. everyone over 30 realises the horror of going out. Do you want to go to your normal pub for a drink? Oh, that'd be £30 to get in, please. £30 to get in, and there'll be twice as many people in there as normal. It'll and a lot of arseholes. Mostly arseholes, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I stayed in as well. I watched films. I stayed in, and before we start, I must. I watched on New Year's Eve Hunt for the Wilder People, which was in your top five. That's right, top five films of last year. And I was put off watching it because the trailer just looks like, oh, it's about a fat kid and an old man in the woods. Yeah. And is it quite kidsy? I was wrong. This would go straight into my top... It, it would have used... What taken, would it have taken I'll over? I would take out Victoria. Really? And well, Victoria still would have been in there in our top ten, because yeah. it was in mine. But, and, but I think um, I'll give it ten Marricks. It's really original. It's a fantastic film, isn't it? Because it's the same director. It's a New Zealand director who did um, the vampire one. With, uh, uh, yeah, What We Do in the Shadows, Taika Waititi. Which I wasn't a massive fan of. I think you liked that, didn't I you? did. I did like it. I mean, the vampire genre has been done to death for comedic purposes, even before Buffy the Vampire Slayer came along, uh, they and then they mu- <laughs> thoroughly mined it. And I thought, there's nothing anyone can do. This is tried. This is a hack area, and it surprised me. I actually thought it was really good. But this film is really laugh out loud funny. I think it absolutely brilliant. And it, for January, February, if you're feeling a bit the New Year depression, yeah. Watch this film, it's great, isn't it? Yes, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, still go see it, go find it. It's online, know. you can get I got it for you can rent it for £3.50 off Google Play or YouTube. Yeah, any or of these, like these things, yeah. yeah, yeah. I use Microsoft's one because I'm on an Xbox, but there's uh, you can there's, they, they're all the same price around about. It's it, really it's worth now it. got to that point where it's really annoying when they try and make it only available to buy because it just means you don't watch it. On the, have you seen that when when no, when the, the new big release, films, the new, the releases, big new yeah. releases come out, and they're like it's nine ninety nine to buy. You just go, I just want to watch it once and then forget about it. Why do I have to? So those are the films I just go. Nah, fuck off. I want to forget about everything. Oh god. But um, I also went. We both went to the cinema. We did. We both went to see the same film this week, which is a rare occurrence, especially since there's quite a few things. Out at the moment, actually. Uh, you do Rogue One, Passengers, Silence, which yep. we'll talk about next week, yep. and Monster Calls. That's yep. pretty much it. I've yeah. my well, that's enough films. How many do you need? Seven. <laughs> okay, what a day. Um, yes, we both went to see a Monster Calls. Now, what did you know about this before you went? Because all I knew was I hadn't seen a trailer. I'd seen a teaser. So, to me, it looked like a heartwarming live-action version of the Iron Giant but with a tree I, and I, I couldn't really have been more wrong I read the book uh, last year okay because my brother as some of people might know is a children's author and he's written a, a second book Podkin One Ear nominated for the Blue Peter Award please buy it um, but uh, I started reading a load of I got bored of reading uh, quite intellectual books and I started reading books from the Time magazine's top 100 adult sorry young adult fiction right which young adult things like To Kill a Mockingbird Catcher in the Rye Warship Down these so, are young adult fiction yeah though. but I think they were quite really good books so okay. I read brilliant books Holes is another brilliant one 
um, uh, the amazing event. I can't, I can't remember what they're called, but one of them was a monster calls, which I happened to read. Yes, which um, it's actually written by two people, isn't it? Because the idea came up. The idea was it's written by Patrick Ness, but the original idea or concept. Well, but I, is from I've read else. about this because that it, it said this at the end of the film as well. You know, mm. based on a concept by, and you just go, they don't usually credit the concept. They usually just pay them off and then make it. And it's actually she started writing the book and then she died. And so he carried it on in yeah. in her name, basically. He finished the book. So um, I don't know how much of it was actually her. I forget her name now, which is Sarah. S. Sonderberg or something. Yeah, yeah. And the book is absolutely brilliant. Okay. And I was really moved to tears by a book, which I, I don't really get feel that emotion over books, although I... Do love. I'm quite an avid reader. Yeah, but the Siobhan book, Dowd is the. Oh, I got it completely wrong. Completely wrong. Um, <laughs> but the book is very, very good. So anyway, basically, what, what this is about, um, and I don't want to spoil too much, but it's a boy. It's about a boy, a young boy who is dealing with the fact that his mother is uh, having chemotherapy, and he's visited by. Uh, an enormous tree voiced by Liam Neeson in the yeah. night who says he's going to visit him three times quite like Christmas Carol yes. and uh, tell him three stories after which he will visit him a fourth time and the boy has to tell him his story uh, it's a very proper sort of fable kind of setup to and, it actually and there's and animations in it as well which little are animations that are done like watercolour I and think stuff. they're spectacular wonderful this film I thought was absolutely brilliant I it thought it was knocked incredible. me for six. I hadn't a clue what it was about. And yeah. uh, when I say I couldn't have been more wrong about it being a sort of remake of The Iron Giant with a tree, um, this is not a film for kids. Do it, not take your there kids. Were, there were kids in the cinema. Fucking And it's hell. a 12-8. It's no way to... It, it's, it's, not the su- it's not about no. you know it being graphic or sweary. It's not the subject matter for kids, even though it's about a kid going through this. Basically, it's about him coming to terms with his mother's death. Mm. That everyone in the cinema, when I went to see it, was in absolute bits. There I was s- a woman behind yeah. me who was in tears from about halfway point onwards and did not stop. Um, the person she'd come with uh, had to go to the loo at one point and she <laughs> and she was trying to whisper sort of like, you know, come back soon or whatever and she'd lost all volume control of her voice. Really? So there was just this sort of... <laughs> and nobody in the cinema minded because you're just like, no, we sort of get where you're coming from. I, I cry a lot of films. I've never cried so much at a film. I found it profoundly moving. The last half an hour, I was yes. just in tears. It's Sigourney Weaver um, uh, plays the grandmother of this kid and it's Felicity Jones um, plays the mother. And they're both brilliant in it, I think. Yes, there's a times I, I thought, having read the book, and it's so hard, and normally the case, there's very few books which the film does justice, especially yeah. in cases like Warship Down is one, and the cartoon, I think, does it. The author of which died? Yes, for Richard Adams, yes. Yeah. This does the book justice. I thought it was absolutely spectacular. It was beautiful. There was only one moment, and I hate to, to nitpick, really, yeah. but I should point it out because I noticed it, where I went, you didn't need that piece of voiceover. You know, it... it 
things are more beautiful when they're not being explained. When yeah. you've just you've felt them and you can see them for yourself. And when was that? And it was well, it, it would be a spoiler to, oh, okay. to we'll tell talk you. We'll talk about it afterwards. But there was one moment where it Danny boiled itself for me, but it was literally three seconds and then it moved on so it's like it's a real quibbling the director I think is absolutely brilliant he's a guy called J.A. Bayona yes Bayona (coughs) you pronounce it I can't pronounce it but he did The Orphanage which I've not seen yet but I'm told is very very good and he also did The Impossible which was a really above average natural disaster movie I thought Impossible was brilliant yeah fantastic he's so good at um, moving human family stories without feeling like you're just having your buttons pushed in a lazy way. This this film felt like it was telling me something of which I have no experience, but of which a writer who hadn't experienced it themselves wouldn't be able to write about. Yeah. Like, I felt like cliches were coming and they never did. It always went to somewhere brand new. And I thought... No, it's you've got to talk about uh, the, the kid who plays Connor is excellent. Isn't I it? mean, it's such a hard thing to a role to play to stick an entire film about feelings on the shoulders of a child. And actor. he and he does a brilliant job. I mean, I've got to say, and I'm going to have a go at another critic because I read reviews of this, and the views have been mixed, and I can't understand it. Peter Bradshaw, who writes for the Guardian, yeah. He gave this three stars. Fuck off. And he's... Re- I hate this review. <laughs> I've read countless reviews of his, which I go into the film, and my opinion is completely different. He calls it sort of a sugar-sweet sort of thing about grief. And he reviews Silence, which I talk about, we'll talk about next week. Yeah. And gives that a better review, just because it's Scorsese, I think. Yeah, yeah. I just... A lot of the reviews... Yeah, I've I mean, read- he's one review, I think is just way off the mark yeah I've read quite a few Peter Bradshaw reviews and often I feel like do you even like films like you seem to be wishing it was a play or something like he just seems to not really like showing deference to sort of um, people who are just directors rather than the films itself it just becomes about this talking about these stuff that I mean in general all critics are wrong apart from me and you that's right yeah yeah um, well, that's obviously true. But it's, I think don't be. If you look up some reviews, the first thing that came up was that his review in the a short review in the Guardian. I thought, why are you even giving it a short review? There's so much to talk about in this film. Yeah, and it's a, a, and it handled so beautifully, and it looks beautiful as well. And the CGI is not really that uh, important, that, really. Yeah, but it's it works. It's and. It's for artistic reasons rather than just gratuitous reasons that the the reason it's this tree. Yeah. The reason it's, you know, it, it, in terms of it being a blockbuster movie, it isn't one, but we have seen this CGI before. You're not going to it to just go, oh, and the, and the big tree man was beautiful. No, we've seen that in Lord of the Rings and in Guardians of the Galaxy. Big tree men is something they can do now. They've they've probably got a drop down menu. The for animations it. I thought were brilliant. They, I absolutely loved. They were beautiful, stuff. weren't they? weren't they? And, and wholly justified as well within the, the yeah. story. No, um, brilliant. Yeah. I, I mean, just go see it. But really, I found it really hard. I found it a really difficult watch, and I was upset by it afterwards. Yeah. So, um, I think it's a really challenge. I mean, you will go and cry at this film. Yeah, you will cry publicly in a cinema. So, the the most tear jerking film I've ever watched. I agree. I'd agree with that. 
I'd agree with that. We're probably now setting it up for a fall with our listeners. Oh, I, think because... it's I think it's I think it's going to be um, uh, uh, in people's sort of a great film for you. I think it will just gain respect by maybe not the critics because. I don't know why this film will be frowned upon, but it's not. Uh, but it seems to be the critics haven't embraced it as I. W- I don't know. It's thought. got a fairly good Rotten Tomatoes score, so I think maybe uh, in America they've embraced it. But, yeah. Um, no, it's excellent, and Liam Neeson does superb work doing voiceover because I've not seen him do voiceover particularly before. He's, the He's new... done a couple of things, but uh, I think old um, Thingy Plops has been. Um... Who's Thingy Plops? You know, Shawshank Redemption. Oh, Morgan Freeman. He's done too many now. You can't use Morgan Freeman to voice your film. So Liam Neeson's going to be the new Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to a friend about Morgan Freeman the other day. I thought you were going to say you were talking to Morgan Freeman. I was talking as Morgan Freeman. Um, And I hadn't really appreciated that Morgan Freeman was only a big actor from the 90s onwards. Like, because he's so, he's an old guy, yeah. and he's always been around in my mind, I was sort of like, well, of course he must have been doing stuff in the 60s and 70s. driving Miss Daisy. Driving Miss Daisy. Yeah. And then people still didn't really know who he was when he did Robin and Prince of Thieves. I, I was thinking about that because I saw a documentary about Alan Rickman and he was talking about uh. that was on over Christmas. But um, no, Morgan Freeman is brilliant. I mean, incredible voice, but he has done too many. He has done. Yeah. Well, there you go. A monster calls. Um, I'd give it. I'd probably give it uh, nine. Davids. I think. I'd give it ten. Yeah. No, it's an excellent, excellent film and a real surprise. Nice to have out in the cinemas this early on in 2017. Um, Well, now I think it's time for this. This is from Scott about reboots. He says, Hello David Marrick and Buddy. Here in sunny Adelaide, the local soulless cinema chain has come up with a good idea and is running a film classic season. This is allowing me to slowly tick off films that I have never previously seen on the big screen. Aliens being the most recent, which was superb. Correct, it was. I watched it two nights ago. <laughs> it's on telly. I also got to see Highlander and it got me thinking about movies that are ready for a reboot, mainly because the central idea is so good and the casting for the original was so utterly bonkers. E.g. a very Scottish Sean Connery playing an Egyptian who is accused of being Spanish by a very French Christopher Lambert trying to be Scottish. The film will always have its place in history, but I do think it could be done better. And I say that as someone who isn't a fan of reboots. Are there any other films that you can think of that deserve a reboot? Keep watching the films. Scott. P.S. To be read in a Frenchman trying to be Scottish accent. If you put it at the end, it's never going to happen. I'm from lots of places. Um, (laughs) Can you do that again? I'm from lots of places. (laughs) Uh, The thing is, though, about Highlander, I mean, Scott's entirely right. But the casting is bonkers, but... It almost makes it better because it's so high camp. We're starting with the wrestling sequence and the soundtrack by Queen. That this weird 
accent that Christopher Lombert has and the fact that Sean Connery's in it, who's so likeable, and, and especially in that period of his career yeah. as well. Like, he'd stopped being so serious about being sexy and started that, to have fun. Until the Untouchables, it was yeah, a nice yeah, yeah, yeah. moment, yeah. Yeah, so... I don't know. I, Anne Clancy I, Brown is I, an absolutely I think, perfect villain. I think the problem is you could reco- recast Christopher Lambert, although I quite like the fact he's bland yeah. compared to Sean Connery and Clancy, is it Clancy, Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown. You can't get a better villain than him. Clancy he's one Brown of the underrated is most the Kurgan. Yeah, like, he's, he's amazing. fucking incredible. I mean, he, he can you think of any actor now who would be able coming into the, the the scene in the church where he's got the safety pins to his neck to keep his head on still and he's going at nuns and stuff yeah there's not so there's weird. No of that the only one I think who could play great who's got an amazing evil presence is Michael Shannon who's uh, oh the yeah guy. yeah but he but can't would play he be the funny no he that's play the thing cur- and Clancy Brown's I, I just I really love him I wish he was in more films really. yeah I mean we recast Highlander in our casting games uh, some time back. I can't remember what episode it was, but the poster that I made is on our website, filmfandango.com. They're all up there. And I believe you cast uh, Nicholas Costa Windau as um, Connor McLeod. Yes, and he would be good, yeah. And we had Javier Bardem as uh, Ramirez. That's quite good, actually. We did quite a good job on this. And then it was... Uh, a wrestler, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, it was Brock Lesnar, who, just because he looks terrifyingly physical, he would not be as funny as Clancy Brown. It's Cl- it's Clancy Brown is the problem for me. I don't see how yeah. you, you do that part better. And if you've got no villain like that, yeah. suddenly the whole film falls falls down, I think. Ramirez. Yes. Great. Um, Any other films? That, I mean, that was the second part of Scott's question. Any other films? That I you hate think? reboots. Yeah, and they've all been. I think they actually are all being done. Yeah, <laughs> slowly. You, know, it's not, you just say that like, Ghostbusters that's been done. Yeah. You know, all they are all be. What will be next? Teen Wolf or something? Oh, they've, that's already been remade as a TV show. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's been a god, mate. Uh, it's when they start the films we consider to be modern films we'll go like oh fucking hell it's just getting old isn't it you know when they start Harry Potter again you know that'll be just like what are you doing um, it'll, it's coming I mean what how we, we talk about this every now and again but how are you feeling about the new Blade Runner have you seen uh, the trailer yeah I've seen the trailer I don't know man it just seems like the bit with Harrison Ford is the exact same bit as the bit with Harrison Ford from the new Star Wars you just like he walks out of the darkness and is Harrison Ford you just say you did play these characters different back in the day and now they're just all Harrison Ford (laughs) I just think that's the problem when they the problem is they're all compromised like the new Ghostbusters with all those terrible cameos where they feel they've got to pay homage to I think these are before about Star Wars yeah the first one is half reboot half the exact same yeah, yeah. It's not, it should be a completely different film set in that world it's simultaneously being a sequel and a remake the, the classic example Alien Aliens two completely different films beautifully done and they're both in, in, one's an action horror one's yeah, more yeah. of a sort of uh, well, it's a haunted house film yeah. the first one it's, it's like um, a slasher you're being chased by a single murderer basically yeah um, 
No, it's so hard. I mean, Alien Covenant, the trailer's come out as well, which is the new Ridley Scott-directed Alien film that seems to... I mean, I might be wrong about this, but it seems to be almost ignoring Prometheus and going back to what made Alien good, which I'm sure is what they're trying to uh, tell everybody, because Prometheus was, for all it looked beautiful, was gash. First ten minutes had so much promise, but yeah, yeah, and then yeah, exactly. The bit with Michael Fassbender playing basketball and yeah. watching uh, Lawrence of Arabia was fantastic. He just went, "Oh, this is go- oh no, no, quite wrong, <laughs> quite wrong." I I, I I actually thought it was good the first time I watched it because I watched it in three D, and then I watched it on my normal TV screen and realised how warped my opinion. <laughs> Had been by going to the IMAX for the first time, but I felt that same that way about Phantom Menace when that first came out. I came out of the cinema happy, and then slowly, as I thought about it more, it fell apart in my memory. It just sort of crumbled into dust. I was saying this to my friend, um, saying that you should really have two ratings for films: instant leaving the cinema yeah. film rating, and your three or four weeks later. Mm-hmm. Oh, I must say thank you as well to um, Mark Bell, my friend and football fan, who got me in every van- man voucher so I could go to the cinema. Oh, that's good. Which is nice. Yeah, very nice. Um, another letter. Go on then, who's written in? Uh, here we go, you can Am read. Am I doing you're it again? Be- you're better at reading. Okay. This is from Gary Martindale about The Final Girls. Hi David, Marrick and Buddy the Dog, please watch The Final Girls. It is a horror from 2015 that has recently appeared on Netflix. Excellent, I'm glad to hear that. I don't really want to say anything else, which I know isn't really helpful to you as a letter for the podcast, but I would prefer to hear your views on the film rather than taint your viewing experience with my own views, which is basically what we do in this podcast, isn't it? I mean, we're basically... Ruining We're film tainters. Yeah, ruining it. We, We should call it the taint, really. Most people who listen to this podcast afterwards, they sit down and they think... Well, this has made my life worse. <laughs> Just slightly worse, you know. Yeah. We're not powerful enough. Sorry, uh, Gary continues, keep watching the films, Gary. I, I stopped at the wrong point in that little bit. Um, but, uh, well, uh, we shall have to watch that. You haven't watched it, have you? You're not surprised. No, but me. I have. Um, what I did do um, is I watched... Thank you for these recommendations, by the way, because we, we will eventually get around to watching them. Um, and it's really useful for other listeners as well. Yeah, I mean, it is my favourite part of the show is the fact we find these little hidden gems that can't get the publicity budgets first time around necessarily. Uh, But because people know we do this podcast, when we see friends and other comedians and then meet their friends, people are always recommending films to us, so the list of things we've got to see is quite long. But we will get round to them. We will. Well, I did get round to watching some. So Which one? Previously, uh, Adam Taylor and Tyler... Uh, I always say your name wrong. Tyler, Runder, I can't say... Have both recommended a film. Yes. Well, that's a good sign. a documentary sign. called Sour Grapes. Oh, yes. I remember reading this letter out in the first place. On, on, on Netflix, where, which... I mean, you would never find unless, you look for, unless it was recommended to you. Yes. Um... It's a story about the, uh, the wine auctions and the wine industry and how in, in the sort of 80s or uh, 90s, buying wine suddenly became a big thing for rich people. Yes. And wine auctions became this huge uh, thing for city traders in the night, you know, when everyone had loads and loads of money. And it's about... Uh, it's a story of this young... Um, 
sort of uh, is he Malaysian? I can't remember. Uh, kid who appears on the scene, and he starts buying all these really big wine bottles and starts drinking with all these um, sort of millionaires and rich TV film producers. Right. It's a great gem. This one. Well, thank you to Adam Taylor and uh, Tyler for recommending it. Um, if you've got a spare hour and a half and you want to find out about a world that you... I mean, I know nothing about the white auctioning world. Yeah. So it's fascinating when you see a documentary where you've got, you've got interviewed with um, the, the man from the Burgundy vineyards in France talking about his grapes and how he, people are... Uh, basically, th- th- these fraudulent wine bottles start appearing. And it's a sort of mystery well, story. Any any big business, I guess, there's going to be people trying to. Yeah, and you, and, and fuck the over, great thing is, there's, there's lots of it's a documentary with sort of past footage and interviews with these people, literally with millionaires, multi-millionaire wine collectors, and film and TV directors who are in this sort of wine boys club, and a lot of the characters are total. Bellends. Well, that's what you want in a it, documentary. Perfect, you want perfect. total bellends. Um, who, and giving them enough rope to hang themselves, so yes. they just make themselves out to be total. No, excellent. I mean, I know next to nothing about wine selling as well. I have a friend who actually, uh, she, uh, we went to university together, and she was uh, she did maths, and she went into finance and hated it. Like, basically ruined her life. She was like, I can't stand this, so she quit and uh, went into wine selling. Oh, really? Yeah, because she'd learned enough about wine from having the disposable income and having to talk about fancy wines with rich people. Of and course. So, no, and she's since married a chef, so she's very happy now. Oh, that's um, a nice story. It is, isn't it? Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, so that I, everything I know has come from my mate Alex. <laughs> well, this is... Um, a fa- so, I want to see this. It's a fascinating documentary about and it's, it's nice to see to sort of escape to different worlds you know nothing about yeah, in some yeah. of these documentaries so it's uh, really well done and I don't think you would find this obviously it's quite a niche when's it thing. from uh, let me have a look I'm just going to look on my phone please I mean, I mean people at home you can just take this time just to think about something you know just taking your surroundings yeah think about have a deep what smell is that? Breath. Wonder what that's. Try, try and I'm going to find that smell. It's from 2016, last oh, wow. year. Okay, so it is, uh... and it's only an hour and 25 minutes. So perfect. It, I give it eight Marics. Sour grapes. Track that down. Uh, if you're on Netflix and spending hours, as everyone does, and everyone makes jokes about flicking through, trying to find something. And all the films you want to watch, you've already seen, and you can't. Yeah. All the other ones look terrible. I'd be interested in the the stats actually of you know people always binge watch like uh, Westworld or the OA seems to be a new one, but people also binge watch the Netflix menu, don't they? Like that's yeah. how many hours spent because Netflix will have this data. How many hours spent just scrolling through their very inefficient. <laughs> labeling system yeah it's, ter- it's terrible you have to yeah. search search for sour grapes 85 minutes well spent um, and please send in more recommendations for Netflix because it's really useful for ones that people make ones that don't come up in the menu yeah. and literally on in every single menu because if you go into if you search on browse and look on documentaries or yes. there's literally about 100 150 there but when in your own menu, it's just the same twenty films come up. Yeah, 
yeah, all yeah, the yeah. time. So you have to like, directly search for films on Netflix. It's a well, terrible system. Interestingly, actually, I don't. Well, I don't know if it is interesting. I'll just say it. See if you find it interesting. Oh, well, actually, but um, at my friend Alex's wedding to the chef. Um, uh, we have a mutual friend who I hadn't seen in a while because he lives in LA who has also went to university with us who now sells films he's a, he's a film seller like uh, under, what underneath the counter that's right around pubs what would you like in, uh, for the weekend sports park <laughs> I was going to do an accent then, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, he's... No, he, he sounds like... So Don't Breathe, the horror film, was one of, uh, one of okay. his um, companies. Anyway, and he was saying the Netflix thing is quite interesting because, of course, you know when it says a Netflix original on it, when it's got their logo on it? It's not always, is it? It just means that it's been sold to them instead of a distribution company. So uh, the ah. distributor will get it into the cinemas, whereas Netflix will put it into Netflix. And the, what's happening is, and the reason that the business models have changed and why Netflix is so massive for these things, is that if you put your film in the cinema, you get a return of box office. Whereas if you give it to Netflix, it's a one-off flat fee, that's it, and that's you guys done. And so people are now playing this gamble of it could make 350 million quid, it could make 46 quid, we don't one, know. It's a one-off flat fee from Netflix. Or Netflix go, we'll give you 15 million, that's it. There's and no renewal for like three months or anything no, like that. That's it. That's it. Well, there may be if it's a film that they've got leverage because they know people want to see it, but yeah. usually it's like it's Netflix's now and everyone gets paid uh, their royalty percentage out of that fee and that's it, they're done. And you know you won't ever see any more from that film wow. again. That's what I, I found it really interesting. Uh, the Christmas TV well, in the UK, this year was the first year I noticed, you know, there's no it used to be on Christmas Day the big new release film yeah. that no hadn't been released yet that everyone was really excited about that was you know old Toy Story's going to be on yeah, yeah. for the first time and this year that that has gone now that it is and there seemed to be a return to those more old classics yeah well what Love Actually was on about a thousand times yeah it's true Home Alone I was think, on a hundred times I, I think Frozen was on terrestrial TV for the first time yes so people who don't have streaming services or haven't bought the DVD or what, or don't have the Disney Channel or whatever every get child to is, see that every child time. has seen yeah Frozen. it's true so it's quite strange how TV seems to me to be returning to more old classics well because they're so behind the curve what's the point of trying to chase it anymore I suppose yeah you know, um, but I, I quite like seeing the old classics. Just going, what's on? Oh, I watched quite a few films over Christmas just because I was like, oh, I've not even thought about this in a while. Watch Muppet Treasure Island again. Oh, that did was you? On. Uh, watch Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, I did. On Christmas Did you watch Day. 101 Dalmatians? No, I didn't watch it. Well, the cartoon one. Uh, yes, of course. Why would you watch the other one? Yeah. I have to do a quick shout out to a film I did watch over Christmas, which was on. Yeah. Which I thought was really, really great. We talked before about. Films you can watch with your nan and granddad. Yes. The perfect one. Raymond Briggs's Ethel and Ernest, which is the story of his parents right. growing up from in the 1930s to the 1970s, which is just re- it just feels you're having a, a great slice of British history from right. a normal pa- family's perspective. Sort of like Gogglebox, but in cartoon, but in real life. Sure. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'll give that eight marks as well. So if you haven't seen F1 Ernest, 
and you're looking for something to watch with your grandparents or an older audience, they would love that shit, mate. <laughs> all of my grandparents are dead, so I can watch anything I Uh-oh. like with them. Oh, sorry. No, that's quite all right. You know, it's what happens to grandparents. You can still... And all of us. You can still watch the film, though, yeah. even if you haven't got grandparents. Well, that's true. Okay, you can. Um, so... Uh, well, I think that's enough of uh, letters. I'm just trying to think if I watched anything else over Christmas. Um, actually, uh, I, uh, Danielle Ward hadn't seen Captain America Winter Soldier, so we watched that. That holds up. It's a good film. And Iron Man 3. It's the two good ones, basically. <laughs> we watched those. They still hold up. Good, fun films. If you like the nice guys, you'll like Iron Man 3 because it's Shane Black. It's just the same okay. stuff. It's fun. Um... Now, you saw another film this week. That was it, Sour Grapes. That's what I was going to talk about. Oh, Sour Grapes was the one. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. That was it. Because it went so seamlessly from letters into another film. There was no... didn't sound like an extra section, but I thought I would use the letters section to go into that film. What I mean in... I usually mock you for your segues, and that one I didn't even notice had happened. Maybe I've become perfect at doing segues. It turns out 2017 is your year. I mean, you have your powers have well, amplified enormously. Definitely wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, that turns out I thought we had a whole other section, and that's the end of the podcast. Well, but, all all good things must come to an end, and some and, average things as well. <laughs> yeah, and this podcast. Yes. Um. So. Uh, that's it for this week Um, if you'd like to write to us then go to filmfandango.com and fill out the form there and we'll read out your letter on the programme also I need to say that we do all of this for free so if you would like to donate towards our running costs because going to the cinema in London is prohibitively expensive then please go to filmfandango.com again and click the donate button and everyone who has thank you thank you very much Um, do you know talking about that uh, uh, this I normally go to the pitch house, and this nice man bought me a voucher. So I went to the Everyman for a matinee. Yeah. On a non sort of bank holiday day. Yeah. Fourteen quid. Yeah, yeah. For a this is a matinee. Yeah. It's unreal, isn't it? It's a total piss take. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, it's it must be because what well, this is interesting, isn't it? Because I've read that. Um. Cinema attendance is down, like way, way down. But they've also never made more money than they're making now. So they've found a level at which people who love to go to the cinema will keep going, even if they hike the prices up. They've all, they're, all the chairs have got better. <laughs> That's true. Chairs have improved. Yeah. But prices have Do you remember tripled. in the 80s it was wooden benches? Do you remember that? It was wooden benches with broken glass. Really, cemented yeah. into it really comfortable chairs better than the chairs in your own home that's right that's the advertising slogan of uh, the picture yeah. house but it will cost you three times as much yeah, yeah. anyway uh, it was supposed to be the end of the podcast it was it on. was it's fine it's fine I will be back next week keep, keep watching, watching the, the films, films. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.